Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hey, everyone. Heartfelt greetings to each of you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, and I truly hope this finds you well. Today, I'm bringing you a sure-to-be-touching interview with Elizabeth Fawson, the remarkable president and co-founder of Helping Parents Heal, an inspiring nonprofit organization dedicated to assisting bereaved parents to become shining light parents by providing support and resources to aid in the healing process. Elizabeth, who will be speaking to us from Cave Creek, Arizona, is also the affiliate director of the Phoenix Scottsdale chapter of Helping Parents Heal, the editor of the Helping Parents Heal newsletter, a Helping Parents Heal caring listener, and a certified yoga instructor who teaches many different styles of yoga, including yoga for healing grief and yoga nidra, which is similar to guided meditation. I'm looking forward to asking Elizabeth questions about helping parents heal, shining light parents, and much more. But first, we need, we need to take a quick minute to show some love to our sponsors. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, Elizabeth. It's a true pleasure to welcome you to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Let's begin. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. It's such a pleasure. Let's begin our interview with this question. You have four beautiful children, two of whom are in spirit. Your daughter, Chelsea, passed when she was two years old on October 21st, 1991. Then when your 20-year-old son, Morgan, passed 18 years later, your life was transformed. What was your life like before Morgan's passing? Well, first of all, I just have to do a tiny correction. Uh, Chelsea passed when she was two days old. So two it days? wasn't- Did I say two years? I'm sorry. Yes, but that's days. okay. Don't worry about it at all. Um, but um, you know, when she passed, I felt so grateful because um, I had been in the hospital on an IV for two months. Um, I had placenta previa. And so um, I was on the IV to keep from having contractions. I wasn't really able to see Morgan very much during that time. And he was um, a little over two years old. I missed him like crazy. So I must say that when Chelsea passed, um, Morgan saved my life. He really did. He was the reason that I could go forward. Um, he would hug me whenever he saw that I was sad. Um, and I, I moved forward um, at that point with one foot here and one foot on the other side. Wow. But I, I must say I was very fortunate after that because I had two more beautiful children. So Alix and Christine and um, all three of uh, all three of my children were wonderful. Obviously, um, our life wasn't 
perfect, but it was almost perfect. We traveled all over. They were all born in France. Um, my husband was working in Hong Kong and in China. Um, we moved here to the States. It was, our world was a perfect world at the time. You had an exciting life. Yes. You really had an exciting full life. That's wonderful, really. Yeah. Um, so how, tell us about the shared death experience you had with your son, Morgan, at the base camp of Mount Everest in Tibet. How it transformed you and your journey to co-found Helping Parents Heal three years later. Well, thank you. Yes, I. one other thing that I neglected to say before was that um, I had always been very drawn to yoga because of the fact that we lived in India when I was in middle school and high school. And then actually when, we, when I was living in college, my, dad, my mom and dad were still living there. Um, so I started early. I think that yoga really helped me to move forward and heal with Chelsea. Um, and I was almost to the point of becoming a yoga teacher right when Morgan passed at the base camp of Mount Everest. In fact, I had just gotten back from yoga when I got the call from the director of the program saying that Morgan was having difficulty and they were going to evacuate him, evacuate him down the mountain. And um, I was uh, actually what had happened with Morgan was that they landed in Lhasa, which is 11,000 feet, and went up to the base camp of Mount Everest at 19,000 feet the next day. And usually you should always acclimate at least two days before you do something like that. So um, all of the kids on the program were very sick. Morgan was helping a lot of them because he had been there two years before. And so he knew um, Chinese a little bit better than some of the other kids. There were no professors who were with them. And, um, and when they got to the base camp, Morgan had a terrible migraine. He went to bed early and they had yurts in, at the base camp of Mount Everest. The yurt was a big open space, kind of like a tent. And in the middle of the night, he was wandering around calling uh, people the wrong names. And so they thought that he was sleepwalking. And at nine in the morning, um, they couldn't wake him up and he was foaming at the mouth. Oh my and God. so um, one of the kids on the program, his mother is a doctor in Seattle. And so he called her and said, what should we do? And she said, get him down the mountain right away. So my son, who's behind me here, handsome guy was and is six foot six uh 280 pounds so it was a huge job to get him on to the bus the kids did so um and then on the way down the mountain he stopped breathing um in the meantime the director of the program called me and said that they were having trouble with morgan they were evacuating him down the mountain and he gave me the number of morgan's roommate and I called him and I said, Colin, is Morgan okay? And he said, Miss Boisson, I don't think so. He had stopped breathing by that time. They were doing CPR on him. And he said, I don't think he's going to survive. So I told Colin to put the phone up to Morgan's ear. And I told Morgan, we love you. We're proud of you and don't be afraid. And right when I did that, whenever I say that, I always get the same feeling. I just had this incredible hug and I was here in Cave Creek, Arizona, 
and he was in Tibet. And I must say, Morgan was like, he was my shining star and still is. I, he was my everything in spite of the fact that I, I have two beautiful daughters as well. He was my firstborn. He was my only boy. And um, I spent at least at least a few minutes every single day on the phone with him, even when he was in China, when he was in France, wherever he was traveling, we, we were always speaking. So um, for me to feel this enormous love and this enormous, um, I, well, knowing at that point, I knew for sure that love lives forever and that our kids are still right here. And I set out on a quest to find a group to talk to other parents to whom this had also happened. And unfortunately, there weren't any that existed in 2009. Wow. I can so relate to your feelings about Morgan because I have um, a son also, and he's my one and only, and I, we are just so, we're very close. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, very dear and very precious it really it really is i can so relate to that so now you're the shining light mom to morgan and chelsea and mom to your daughters alix and christine who are in their 20s how did the name shining light parent come into being and what exactly is a shining light parent i love the name shining light parent and i must say that one of the problems uh, having a group like this is that um, Irene Vuvalidis, who is the vice president, and myself hate the word bereaved. I think that that's, um, I think they've designated it as one of the saddest words in the, in the dictionary. And so we didn't want to call ourselves bereaved because we're not, we're not sad, we're not, um, and it is something that I think that um, makes it, I think that parents have a hard time um, be belonging to a group where everyone is calling themselves bereaved as well. So it also has the feeling when you talk, when you think about the word bereaved, it's like, it's never going to end. It feels yes. like it kind of has that feel like it's all well, and now you're, you're bereaved. Where do you go from that? I mean, is that your designation? Well, I was going to say something about that because I, I truly, one of the big differences with our group is that we believe that it's possible to heal. Um, whereas a lot of other bereavement groups that you might belong to will tell you that you'll never ever get over the passing of a child. And we believe that our children want us to be happy they want us to move forward and heal and that they're our biggest cheerleaders. And it's kind of funny because Morgan was a cheerleader at the University of Arizona. So um, I know that he's one of those uh, cheerleaders cheering us on, but I also know that they walk beside us and they hold our hands the whole way. So um, Irene and I spoke to Suzanne Giesman, who I know has been on your show before. She's amazing. She's and a she said, person. She said, how about if I meditate on this? Let, let's see what comes up. And she came back to us with the term shining light parent, and it resonated with all three of us. And, and I think that it is exactly... And, and I guess that the important thing for people to understand is not that we are shining just because we're, we're big shining lights. Our children shine through us. The light of our kids shines through us. 
and I can see this in other parents' eyes as well, that they are with them. And so um, that's where the term comes from. You know, it makes a really big difference. I mean, for me, I lost my husband, but I know he's with me. So you're a so shining, he's my light, shining light. Yes, <laughs> and he's my shining light also. I it just makes tremendous sense, you know, and it 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 it, it illumines everything that I do now. It changes the complexion of, of all of it. Elizabeth, how many grieving parents belong to helping parents heal? And how many chapters are there in the United States and throughout the world? And what countries have chapters outside the United States? Give us a, a little overview. This organization, how old is it? And look at what you've grown here. Oh, what well, <laughs> well uh, for, for, I guess to start with, I started this um, a week after Morgan passed because I couldn't find parents. I didn't know any parents who had had children who had passed. So I started a Facebook group. That Facebook group now has um, over 16,000 members. There's, I think, 16,200 or something like that. Um, and of course, you don't want a, an organization like this to grow. But at the same time, I know that the kids are bringing all of their parents and helping them find us, which is just wonderful because we don't advertise at all. We have uh, groups in the United States in Canada, in the United, uh, in the UK, as well as in South Africa and India and Australia, New Zealand. But we have parents all over the world actually who attend our meetings, not just in those different countries. And um, the only requirement to be an affiliate leader is to be a shining light parent. So we're very fortunate to have a lot of people interested in becoming affiliate leaders with us. So that leads me to my next question is, tell me what an affiliate leader does. Well, that's a good question. Um, it used to be very different because before COVID, we could have physical meetings. And so um, a lot of the leaders would have meetings in unity churches um, that were very open to having us uh, meet there, as well as in libraries, as well as in their own homes. Um, and the physical meetings were wonderful because one of the big things about, about helping parents heal, and we have it on the front page, is that it's so important to be able to hug and be hugged. I mean, that's just such a big part of the healing process. We can't do that anymore. And we actually had to postpone our second conference that was already sold out. We were going to have it in Charleston, South Carolina. And we were so fortunate that every single presenter um, agreed to speak on Zoom meetings to the parents. Many of them have come back as well. So the affiliate groups are a little different from the main group meetings where we have a speaker, we have a chat box and people can ask questions. Um, the affiliate group meetings are for parents to be able to talk to each other. So the affiliate leaders uh, facilitate the discussion and one of the important things about our meetings is that we introduce some uplifting topic uh, to start with. Like we talk about the 10 most common signs that our kids use to uh, send us messages. And, um, and then we go around and ask everybody what their experience in this has been. Um, I think that one of the really great things is that we have, of course, people who might call themselves bereaved parents on those meetings. 
uh, because they're very early on in the journey. And then we have parents who are on there who are our shining light parents. And so it's so good for our bereaved parents to be able to learn from the shining light parents about how to move forward and heal. It's true. It's like when you when you think about that, they're a shining light parent, but you're a shining light for these people also who've had this tremendous, devastating loss. And I wasn't planning to ask you this question, but now I have to ask, what are the 10 most common signs that people get <laughs> from the other side for our listeners? Well, that's going to be hard for me to go through. Or give us like three or four of them or say. But I'll definitely tell you some because this is such a good question. Obviously, our, our kids use animals all the time. And so a lot of people say that hummingbirds are important to them. Some people say butterflies. Um, for us, it's bobcats because Morgan went to the University of Arizona and he was a wildcat. He was a cheerleader there. We have bobcats that come up to us in the, in the nature preserve all the time. And wow. we know that it's Morgan saying hi. Um, obviously animals are one way. Um, numbers, sequences of numbers are so important to uh, many parents. And so sometimes you'll get one, 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 uh, or one, 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 for instance, and you'll have it throughout the day or three, 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 or, and then also license plates. A lot of times, uh, spell out really important messages for parents exactly when they need them or the, the make of the car, the make and model and the color of the car that your child um, drove. My, my son drove a Toyota Tacoma and it was red. And um, I see them all the time when I have a question and I say, okay, Morgan, if I'm supposed to do this, send me three of them and I'll get three of them, which they're, they're very rare on the road. It's kind of fun to do that um, as well as there, there are so many different ways uh, with electricity, with the ways that lights go on and off when you're talking to them or the plumbing in your house. I mean, they can, they can communicate with water as well. Um, I, let me think about some of the other things. But I, I really think that it's important for parents to be able to understand that these are ways that they communicate so that they can recognize the signs. Because a lot of times they'll say, obviously dream visits are one of the ways that everybody understands and everybody recognizes. And so when people are not getting those dream visits, they'll say, I'm not getting anything from my kids. Or they're expecting them to maybe kind of appear in the corner of the room and say something to them, but it's hard. I think that their energy, especially, um, well, trying, especially trying over and over again to try to communicate with us, um, it, it's difficult. So these other ways, when they see that other parents are experiencing them, I think that it helps them understand, oh my gosh, I got that yesterday. I, I had that. Well, you know what else? When, when they hear someone else um, telling them what they've experienced, maybe they're blocking it. Their fear is blocking it. So maybe that helps them to open up more to receive their messages. I have, I, what happened to me, and I didn't understand it after he just passed, but my husband was an avid football fan. And for the first three months after he passed, I had a TV in my office that would, it had no remote control. It was an old TV. That thing would go on for Monday night football 
for for 15 minutes and then shut off as if to say, yep, I'm still here. I'm still watching it. Hi, hi. Adorable. Well, yes, that's exactly what people get. And I just love it. I, I mean, you know, there are other much stronger signs and Morgan has a lot of very close friends who have told me about ways that he's saved their lives. And for instance, uh, he has a friend named Dan McGee who actually was a cheer buddy of his. He, he was the mascot. He was Wilbur Wildcat. And um, he uh, became a firefighter after he graduated from the University of Arizona. And he was in a house that was burning with a friend of his. They were going to get a car out of the garage. His buddy was in the car, putting it in neutral. Dan was going to push. And all of a sudden he felt someone pull him backwards. As he, he said, he flew off his feet and went backwards. Morgan is known for his bear hugs. His name was Big Bear and as wow. a cheerleader. Wow. So what I was, I, I, wait, wait, this is not all. An air conditioning unit dropped from the ceiling right where he was standing immediately after he was pulled backward. And the, car, the guy in the car said, dude, what just happened? Because he saw it happen himself too. So Dan, well, Dan named his first son or his son after Morgan, but these kinds of things happen all the time too. So these are, these are a little different than the 10 most common signs, but there are, are some amazing things that happen too that our kids do for us. And it's fun to be able to share them in these meetings so that people also recognize that those things are possible. Absolutely. They're always watching over us. It's so wonderful. Tell me, this, this really fascinates me. What is a Helping Parents Heal Caring Listener? I mean, are you, when people are reaching out to you, they're so sad and upset. How do you, how, how does that work? And, and uh just fill me in, like someone wants to join the organization or they're just calling to get comfort? Well, we are very, we are very fortunate to have Dr. Mark Pitstick who helps us out with the caring listeners and um, Lynn Hollihan is his assistant. We have 29 caring listeners who speak nine different languages now. We just added Russian to one of, as one of the languages that is spoken. But um, I feel so grateful because all of these parents are parents who have gone down the healing path a little bit further than other parents and they reach a hand back to help others forward and they're volunteer um, their phone numbers are on the website their email addresses are on the website and um, i'm one of the caring listeners i also speak french so um, i also have that on my bio um, but it it's so wonderful for us as parents to be able to help these other parents. And but I, they call you when they're crying, probably. Well, yes, I, I mean, obviously it depends on what's going on in their lives, but, um, but it is something that um, being able to talk to somebody who has been through this before, I think is one of the most important things, um, one of the most important elements of healing. And, um, if we don't have the resources that they need, sometimes we have better caring listeners who know a little bit more about what these people are going through. We can refer them to them, although that doesn't usually happen. But we also have so many resources on the website that we can direct them to as well. The one thing that makes me very sad for now is that we can't necessarily get together with these people in person until so, until we're all vaccinated right. 
And that used to be the case. It used to be wonderful to be able to do that. But at the same time, the wonderful thing about COVID is that all of these groups, all of these affiliate groups that we have, all of the uh, meetings that we have, people can attend them from all over the world. And it's the same way with the caring listeners. You can call from Australia and speak to a caring listener here in the States. And with FaceTime, it's really easy. It doesn't cost anything. So, so with caring listeners, though, do people call you a few times or it's just one call? Like if, if somebody, you've comforted someone, you've helped them, you're teaching them, you're sharing, helping parents heal. Okay, so the week goes by and now they're really still grieving and feeling lousy. Do they you get a follow-up call or how does that work? Sometimes. I mean, I, I will speak to people 10 times if they need, but it's not, you know, it, it really isn't something that happens very often because I think that once you get it, once you understand where your kids are, that they are happy, healthy and home and that we're still in school, I think that that is the point where you start to realize that you want to learn more and more about the afterlife community, read books like your book, like um, we have a lot of recommended reading on the site. A lot of these parents and especially the ones who heal um, are the ones who um, read 80 books the first year, for instance, about the afterlife, which is really wonderful. But also we have a lot of other resources besides just the caring listeners, such as Judy Hancocks, who does her Shiomi healing once a month. We also have um, one of our affiliate groups teaches, teaches us how to do um, automatic writing with our children. Oh, that's and wonderful. She has meetings twice a month and those are free of charge as well. There are a lot of different, you know, and we actually have mediums who come on as well as experts from the grief community and experts from the afterlife community, but who um, help us with exercises to communicate, uh, communicate with our kids, which is really important as well. That is marvelous, really. Um, are all the chapters in the United States and throughout the world conducted in a similar fashion? Do you uh, have well, a yeah. prescribed protocol or format or? Our um, affiliate director, Don Richards, is very good about getting a handbook to all of the affiliate leaders. She helps them through uh, getting the Facebook page together. She helps them. Um, normally what we have them do is attend other affiliate leader meetings before they start having their own meetings. Um, and basically the, the affiliate groups are um, a place for everyone to express themselves. But we do have a lot of affiliate groups. Some, some affiliate groups meet more than once a month and they have speakers who have already spoken to Helping Parents Heal who are, are just so generous with their time, who come back to speak to their groups as well. So um, it is very similar, but um, the, the most important thing about all of these groups and about Helping Parents Heal in general is that we are completely non-dogmatic. So you don't have to believe in anything or you can believe in whatever you want to believe in to be a part of Helping Parents Heal. The one thing that connects us is that we believe that we have a connection with our kids in spirit and that we can eventually ourselves learn to communicate with them. And you will see them again and you will absolutely will be with them. Well, of course. They're around us, but you know, that's, that's, and that's the most beautiful part to know, to, to know that it's not over when it's over. It's well, just, and you know, 
George Anderson has said in, um, I think, Walking in the Garden of Souls, he has said that when we see our kids, it's going to be as though not one second has passed. And I truly believe that because I believe that they participate in everything that we're doing. I also believe that at night when I am asleep, I'm spending time with Morgan and Chelsea, even though I don't realize it. I just had my second dream visit in um, 11 years, uh, a couple, let's see, must have been about a week ago. It was the most incredible thing that's ever happened. And so those, those are not easy to, um, to have, but there are so many other things that go on. And, and for some people, they're really, really easy. I mean, it depends on, on uh, the person, but there are so many other things that happen. And, and for us too, another thing about it is that in meetings, anyone who's getting a sign helps the other parents who are there as well because hearing about these and understanding that it's real and understanding from your podcast and other um, experts in the afterlife community everyone that we have on our youtube channel says the exact same thing it's not as though it, it differs in any way this place that they are right now is right here with us it's right. like a sheet of wax paper is separating us from them they are happy they are healthy they're they're doing wonderful things they're not just sitting around they're helping us to progress as well and um knowing all of this is so healing for all of the parents it, 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 it's so true so true i, I actually I've, I've i've put it in order for champagne when i cross over from with saul like come on honey. <laughs> We're going to celebrate <laughs> last year, a producer named Craig McMahon produced a documentary that features members of Helping Parents Heal. It is called Life to Afterlife. Mom, can you hear me? Please tell us both about Craig McMahon and Life to Afterlife. Mom, can you hear me? Which all of our listeners, you'll be glad to hear that you can view these, this, um, documentary this film for free on both amazon prime and youtube so you want to tell us a little bit about that i would love to and you're just so kind to ask about these things this movie was something that i felt um i first of all i met craig at the arei conference and i thought gosh you know a lot of people have wanted to do shows about helping parents heal we've had a lot of people film things about us and they never really happen Craig did this so quickly and he interviewed 17 members of Helping Parents Heal who are all people that I, I told him about. Um, and Craig is a shining light sibling. So he has two brothers in spirit, one who passed in a car accident and one who passed, um, who took his life on a short, not too long after. So he knows the devastation of having a child pass in a family. And he really wanted to do something to be able to help. And this movie, um, all of us talked about helping parents heal. We talked about the signs that we were getting from our, our children. We talked about our healing path. And it's kind of funny because we talked about so much more. We talked about these incredible things that are happening in our lives. But Craig didn't really want to put the really big stuff because he was afraid that since it was one of the first movies of its kind, people would think that we were all a little crazy. So he's thinking about doing a 2.0 so that we can actually go into the even more amazing things. But 
but basically it's 17 parents who have all moved forward and healed and it's because they know that their kids are still right here it sounds to me like something i'm going to say to people when they have a loss watch this documentary this will be so helpful to you well i think that would be wonderful it, it has probably 120 reviews on Amazon and they're almost all five star. And I, I wasn't expecting that when it came out. It, it, um, it, you know, it was very simple. It's, it's Craig sitting on a sofa interviewing each of us as parents. Um, but it is very profound because as Craig says, you see these parents who had a perfect life um, before their children passed. And now they have had the most horrible thing that could ever happen to a parent happen, but they are happy and they are moving forward. And they're actually even happier than a lot of people who have all of the material things that they need in their lives. And so it does bring a lot of hope to, especially to parents who are early on in this journey, that this is this early on sadness is going to lift and we're going to live again and experience happiness again. I could see this film even helping people who have not necessarily lost children because even if you've lost a spouse or you've lost your parent, it lets you know that they will go on. I think this whole belief system is so is so truly helpful. Um, my mom is 96 and she is very sharp and because of my experiences, she has uh, communicated with my father and my husband on the other side and all of that. And instead of, I mean, I hope she has another 96 years, but whenever that time comes, we have a running joke. She goes, listen, she goes, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I, I say, mom, you're going to be so busy with mediums contacting you. You won't have time to be dead. I, they'll have a regular switchboard in the sky for you. And we, we, we joke and we go back and forth and it changes the whole, of course, I'm going to cry. And of course, I'm going to be sad and all of that, but I'm also not going to be as devastated because it doesn't have the fin fin finality to it. I tell her mom, you know, I'm going to see you again. And you've made such a contribution. And this is, you know, you came here to do so much and look what you've accomplished. And we are able to have those kinds of conversations. It really is so helpful. Well, I, I just want to add to that, that, you know, I've heard that um, our kids are looking at us almost as though it's a, the, the dads who are looking into a hospital paternity, you know, their, our maternity ward, and they're looking at their kids and they're saying, that's my child, that's my child. They're doing the same things with us. They, they're saying, that's my mom, that's my dad. And they're so proud of us when we are able to move forward and heal. But even more importantly, the thing that helps us the most on this journey is to be able to help others. And so being able to have help, uh, you know, these affiliate leaders, these caring listeners, everybody is a part of this. And I think that it just makes them feel so good. But also another thing that I've heard from so many people is that when our kids are at the meetings with us, because they attend those meetings with us, when they see us smile, they high five each other because they are helping each other learn how to communicate with us. And I love the fact that they're all one big group of huge, a huge group of friends. And the day that I wait for and that I can't wait for more than anything is 
the day that I get to get over there and hug each and every one of those beautiful kids because I, I know them all by name and they they almost feel like they're my kids now. <laughs> oh my God, you know, like I've read so many of your books and I've interviewed so many of you and it is, it's like, this is like grief and rebirth is such a healing community. Helping parents heal is such a help, uh, healing community. And then on the other side, we have our healing community, our cheerleaders. Oh, and, you know, and I was going to ask you this question, but you just answered it because no one before listening to an interview like this would think that you can really heal from the death of a child and you can. Yes, I truly believe that. And I really, really think that it's sad that society um, will tell you, first of all, that you're never going to heal. And a lot of times you'll have um, therapists and psychiatrists and other people telling you that you're probably going to get divorced within a certain amount of time because that's a some kind of statistic that doesn't have to happen as a matter of fact all of the families that I know grow closer when this happens and um, by knowing knowing where our kids are and knowing that they are happy and healthy it is it is such an important part of healing and once you do um, I, I hate to say this, but I think that a lot of people almost feel like their kids are on an exchange program someplace and that they are doing great, but they are, you know, maybe we can't touch them and hold them physically the way that we used to be able to, but they are just a thought away and they'll be with us and helping us every single day. That is such a comfort and it's true. I, I know it to be true too. It, it, I feel so blessed. I mean, for people who have such a sense of finality, this is it, one life, here we go. You are entitled to your feelings and your beliefs. But I always say, I like my angle on the dangle a lot better. <laughs> I know that. I know we will all go on, and uh, it's it's it gives you so much comfort. Well, so and, and uh, it gives you comfort, but it also gives you skin in the game meaning that it's important for us to realize that everything that we do here and every kindness that we show to anyone as we're moving forward resonates in eternity. And so we need to understand that the only important thing on this, on this, in this life and the only thing that we're supposed to be learning about is love. And so when we start thinking that it's about any other thing, anything else besides love um it skews our viewpoint absolutely well when they pulled me out of the car the message i got was be loving and kind to everyone there it was i mean right so speaking about loving and kind you are into yoga for healing grief so i'm i do yoga so please tell me what that is about and do you have online classes for healing grief maybe someone will want to you know, join you one day. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, initially, I was teaching about 13 hours um, uh, before COVID hit. And so I was doing so in a gym, I was doing so in libraries, and I was doing a free yoga for healing grief class every week. Um, and I did that for about five years. Um, when COVID came around, um, I switched to online. So I teach five days a week um, at eight o'clock in the morning. Anyone is, is welcome to join and you could actually try and see if you like it first. 
I teach a lot of different types of yoga. So on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I teach flow with some power options. On Tuesday, Thursday, I do yin, which is deep stretching and yoga nidra as well, uh, depending on uh, if people would like to do that or not. Yoga nidra is um, a guided meditation. And I do a lot of those as well with the different affiliate groups who have me come in and do those for their monthly meetings as well, because they're only 35 minutes, so they don't take the whole time. But um, anyway, if anybody's interested, I can certainly give them more information about that. And I just love, I, I love teaching yoga. I think that yoga raises our vibration and it allows us to connect with our kids easier. Obviously meditation does as well. I think there are a lot of things that we can do, but um, yoga and hiking as well. I do a lot of hiking. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, now, is this all under the umbrella of yoga for grief that you do? No, this is um, the, the yoga that I'm teaching right now is just me in my um, yoga studio here at home in my casita um, that I do. The yoga for grief, um, we actually have Paul Deniston, who's going to be coming on for the second time um, this week. Uh, so, so he'll be coming up. Um, I'm not sure which day it is, but um, we've already had him on Helping Parents Heal. He does yoga that actually you can do in a chair. You don't even have to be on the floor. And so um, I highly recommend his work, which is um, griefyoga.com is his website. Um, but for me, if people are interested in following the classes that I give, it's just Elizabeth Boisson Yoga um, on Facebook and people can join. I also have a YouTube channel. So wonderful. Uh, and by the way, here, everyone, um, I also interviewed Paul. And if you would like to hear more specifics about what he does and who he is, and he's just lovely. Um, you can find him on Grief and Rebirth podcast. Wonderful. So uh, wonderful. You're right. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. You know, um, Elizabeth, everyone wants to connect with you and helping parents heal. So give them all your particulars, spell your last name, give them all your websites, give them all your contact information. Let, let her rip. <laughs> Go. Thank you. Well, yes, I, first of all, our website is uh, www.helpingparentsheal.org. So that's really easy. On the website, you'll be able to find out about all of our recommended providers, all of our recommended reading, as well as our newsletter that comes out once monthly. All of the back issues are on there um, since 2012, as well as all of our YouTube um, videos. So we have about, I think about 120 or so, 130 YouTube videos right now that are split up into different categories um, and very easy to listen to. A lot of people do that with, um, you know, when they're hiking or walking in the morning. Um, we also have the caring listeners listed on the website. We have the affiliate groups that are listed on the website as well, um, both here in the States and overseas. And um, if you're wanting to get in touch with me, go to the caring listener page because all of my information is on there. So my uh, phone number and my email address are on there. The phone number and email address for every caring listener is on there. And we have the time zone of where they live so that you can call, you know, if you can't find one in one time zone, you'll be able to find somebody in a different time zone. 
but thank you for asking. Oh, are you kidding? I know people will absolutely want to pursue uh, getting in touch uh, from this wonderful interview. Thank and you. Are you of all people, what is your tip for finding joy in life? Oh my gosh, I think that the most important thing, and I just, I, I have believed this ever since Morgan passed, is that we just have to understand that, first of all, this journey is all about love. But second of all, helping others helps us more than, than anyone else. I, the feeling that you get from being able to know that you've pulled someone out of the, the depths of grief and that you've shown them that their children are not gone is just the most amazing thing for me. And um, I, I guess that the, the, for me, being able to, uh, to spend time with these parents every day, that sense of community and knowing that you are not alone is, is really important for all of these all of these parents, but also for me. I love the people that I've met on this journey. I, I also wanna tell people that I almost feel, and I know that a lot of these Shining Light parents feel this way too, that having my two children transition is almost like a gift. And I hate to say that because I don't want people to think that I'm a horrible mother, but just the incredible people who have come into my life and the incredible things that I have learned since Morgan and Chelsea have transitioned are incredible. And so I, I think that that's another one of the emo most important things that I've learned and that I'd like to tell other people. Well, I so resonate with every word that you just said because it's been the same way for me. It's, 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 it's it, what was so devastating has become very transformational and a blessing in a lot of ways. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it really is true. So uh, we're on the same page with all wow. of that. Elizabeth, Helping Parents Heal is such an amazing and inspiring organization. It touches, comforts, and heals and enlightens countless lives. Thank you for oh. all that you do through Helping Parents Heal to help grieving parents. And I thank you from my heart for this wonderful, informative, and such a healing interview. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes at all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us, because we know you do, on social at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube. And as I like to say, to be continued. Many blessings. And bye for now. Mm -hmm.